1: Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett
2: Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. How are we doing today? I'm excited for this episode. We got something a little bit different for everybody today, a, a little bit of a different kind of podcast than what we've done in the past. So really Might excited you even for this say one. unique? Oh, mm-hmm. ooh, okay. Well, yeah. Little tease. Absolutely. But before we get there, we got some big news today we finally found out what Kawhi Leonard offseason is going to look like. And for those of you that own Kawhi and were holding their breath, hoping that it was minor, unfortunately that was not the well-received news for you. No,
1: definitely not. The partially torn ACL that he had a procedure on today, the 13th of July. So partial tear makes it seem like it's good news, but this is what Spencer did What he had and he took, I believe it was six plus months to get back on the court. So six months from now is mid-January. And he has chronic knee issues already. So I would think that February is a pretty generous timeline for a return. Obviously, we're not doctors. We have no idea, and we'll get updates as we go. But if you're a Kawhi
2: owner in Dynasty, sorry. Yeah, it's tough. And I'm gonna put my medical head on here for a second because First off, it is the same right knee that he was having some issues with previously yep. with that, that quadricep tendinopathy um, that he was previously having a couple of years ago. So it is the same right knee. Uh, so that is a little bit of a concern there. And as you mentioned, for those of you maybe thinking because it's a partial tear, maybe his recovery will be faster. It's not, he already had the surgery. Uh, whether it's a complete tear partial tail, tear, if you're getting a surgery, it's just, it's basically the same type of ACL reconstruction. So the recovery timeline is going to be pretty much the same as somebody that has a normal ACL repair. But I will say he, it doesn't sound like he had any excess damage that can oftentimes accompany an ACL such as meniscus or MCL. So that's really positive. Like Rhett said, it, it's going to be a minimum six months for him. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes closer towards seven to eight months. So, definitely not the news that we were hoping for. I always look forward to watching Kawhi. He's he's a fantastic player, and he he definitely makes the league better. So, definitely is unfortunate. But for you owners out there, the only thing that you can do is just wait. I think his value's really down right now, and there's there's not a whole lot you can trade for him right now. So, I think your best bets just waiting. What do you think, Rhett? Somebody in the chat not
1: that long ago sent a picture of an offer they had received. So they they had their mouse or finger hovering over the accept decline button. And it was Kawhi for Lonzo. Uh, That is an instant accept right now. I, I would have accepted it prior to just because we didn't know what Kawhi's knee injury was. But as far as dynasty value for the people around Kawhi, first off, he's a free agent this summer, which... I don't think changes anything because he's likely going to stay with the Clippers. Maybe that changes the terms of the deal. Don't know for sure, but this is huge for Paul George who was already going to be a second round player, probably top 25, somewhere around there, but it's even bigger for Terrence Mann, who was already being hyped up to what I felt like was too much, but he's going to get a lot of run and based on this playoffs, he kind of deserves it. Oh, you don't think Luke
2: Kennard is going to take those minutes. I think you think (laughs) Luke Kennard is going to take those minutes. Uh, I I just still think of that contract they gave him and just wonder why, but I I agree with you. Uh, If you're in a redraft league, uh, Paul George might even be a late first, depending upon your league size. Yep. But we're obviously all about dynasty here. And, and if you're in a a startup, uh, I think you can bump Paul George up a little bit, you know, maybe into that close to that Steph Curry area, maybe five, you know, five or so slots behind Steph or so if you're looking to compete. Uh, but definitely Paul George, look for him to have a big year if he can stay healthy. And I, I think it helps with Paul not resting as much either because they might need him a little bit more during the regular season. The Clippers are notorious for resting their stars. But you do have to make the playoffs still to try and win the championship, which is what I know what they're after. So maybe maybe Paul George plays a little bit more as well and doesn't doesn't rest as much.
1: It's really tough to say, but what's for certain is that the
2: Clippers season
1: just got a whole lot more interesting, but we're not here to talk about the Clippers because that wouldn't be a very fun dynasty podcast. We're here to talk about unique stat sets for players in the league. There's a couple combinations of stats that you just are hard to find, especially when they're out of position. And not only that, but there's also players in later rounds that have potential to meet those criteria. So typically the main one is the one one, one the one three, one steal, one block group. And that's just that's Roko. That's just the, that's the guy. That's what he does. Absolutely. So we know that Roko is the poster child for that. And then maybe under the radar, but maybe not so much because he's a really good dynasty asset is Jaron Jackson Jr. also was a one-one one candidate this year. So Drav, you had a couple more guys
2: you wanted to talk about. Who else do you think about the steel block and three criteria? Yeah, so the coveted one-one one. And just to show you how rare that is for players, we only had five guys do that last year on a per game basis that played at least, I don't know what my criteria was, but it was at least 20 games to get Kyrie Thomas out of there. (laughs) So, Kyrie Thomas meets every criteria for any (laughs)
1: fantasy (laughs) on a per game basis (laughs) ever because he's ninth overall in per game playing five games this year.
0: Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual.
2: Uh, JJJ, who I think will continue to do it moving forward. And then you had your studs, Joel Embiid, Giannis, but a a guy I kind of want to mention because he tends to go a little bit later in drafts. I think what he did last year was legit and that's PJ Washington. He has a good shot. He's, he's proven that he can shoot from deep. He's not going to hurt you in, in free throw percentage. And then his stocks, I mean, his stocks were super surprising last year. He's one of those kind of tweeners who can play power forward center, but he can also switch off and guard the one, the two, the three. So he's a really solid defender. He's a guy that can shoot well and somebody that you can get mid round. That's going to get you that unique stat set of a steal, a block and a three. The thing about him that's even more intriguing is
1: that his percentages aren't terrible. He did see, A decrease in field goal percentage from 46% last year to 44% this year, but that was accompanied by a slight increase in threes. And then he had an increase in free throw percentage from 65% to 75%. So you'll kind of take that balance, you know, especially with the volume that some of this stuff is happening. So he was a 1 1 1 candidate, actually almost a 2 1 1 candidate with the amount of threes he was hitting. So he's definitely somebody to. To watch for but he's not the only one in those middle rounds that meets that criteria we've talked about McCall Bridges before he's right up there Derek White is also right up there somebody who's over the last couple of years gotten 0.9 steals 0.9 blocks but yeah, it really minutes. really
2: surprising blocks for a guard
1: easily one of the best shot blocking guards out there who doesn't seem to get a ton of minutes and then you've got your more obvious candidate in Matisse Stiebel and then two guys that are a little bit Surprising. I don't know how many times I have to keep reminding people of this, but Andrew Wiggins is good at basketball, and he's actually been a 1-1-1 candidate for the last three years. He's been like right around that line. I know last year he did hit it because he had insane stocks with the Warriors to close out the
2: year, but Wiggins is good, and he's a guy that can get you a steal a block and a three. Yes, he is very solid, and he really turned his career around in Golden State. Definitely on the defensive end, uh, Steve Kerr got him playing really good defense and he guarded the best player. I watched him guard LeBron quite well. He did a really nice job. He's, he always had the athleticism, right? That was never in question. He had the size, he had the ability. It was always his motor. And I, he found a nice spot in golden state and they, they've been able to maximize his talent there. He may not be what we thought he could be when he was drafted, but as Rhett said, he is a still a really solid player and somebody to look for in those mid rounds. But we all know who we're drafting in those mid rounds, right? So let's let's get some long shots. Let's get some guys that have the potential to be one 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 in the future. And Red, I want to hear the guy that you have written down first. First off, I have to shout out O'Shea Brissett because he he was close to meeting this
1: criteria. No. but. We're not going to talk about him. (laughs) Heaven forbid we pass O'Shea. (laughs) No, (laughs) without a mention. (laughs) Can't have it. No, it's, it's Pacers time. You know it, but the guy I really want to talk about who, if you've been following me on Twitter at all, you've probably seen something about him, even though I have no affiliation with this player's team. And that's Jaden McDaniels. The guy's a stud. He will be a very good player. He is one of the best compliments to Carl Anthony Towns that you can have on the wing. And a guy, I think, as soon as he starts getting a full starter's loads of minutes, as soon as he starts getting more comfortable in the NBA, he will be a
2: steal, block, and three-point-a-game player. Yeah, a guy I absolutely love, too. Just his size coming into the league and what he's able to do. Uh, Tons of potential, tons of upside. But the guy I have down is somebody who we both like a lot yeah, and somebody we knew that wasn't going to get minutes when he came into the league, but has a tremendous upside, uh, particularly as a potential 1-1-1 player. And that is Devin Vassell. Now look for him to get more minutes next year and we'll really get to see what he's made of next year. He had a lot of question marks coming into the league about his jump shot, that that catapult that we all saw. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you remember that? That oh man, I, I was scared drafting him for
1: fantasy because of that <laughs> for a half a second, and then I was like, I saw the report. It was like he was messing
2: around or something. It's like okay, good. He was. He just looks like a really good player. He's six five, extremely lanky, a guy that can guard pretty much every position, a lot of versatility. He's gonna be a good three and D wing in this league. And he's a guy that really reminds me of that Roko type mold, maybe even a little bit more creativity than what Roko offers. So the steals are going to be there for him. The threes are going to be there. I think he has the ability to get that block as well. So he's a guy, I know he's, oh, you know, he's only going to be a sophomore this year. So he may not be going as late as where you can get Jade McDaniels, but somebody to, to look out for in those later rounds. Vassell this year played 17
1: minutes a game, had 0.8 threes, 0.7 steals, and 0.3 blocks. And if you mirror him with Keldon Johnson, who was a rookie last year getting 17 minutes a game, who upped his minutes to 29 this year, it is very easy to see Vassell able to match that, which is exciting. But what's more exciting is the unicorn bigs. And those are guys who can hit a three block a shot and not tank your free throw percentage. You you know, them it's Porzingis, it's Turner, it's Jaron Jackson jr. But there are some other candidates.
2: And that's a tough combo to come up with some guys that you can shoot the three and get the blocks. Obviously Porzingis is, is the guy we all first think of, but there's a few guys there that go in those mid rounds. Somebody like Chris Boucher, who may not get the minutes, but he's going to get threes, blocks, and not hurt your free throw percentage. And then another guy I think who typically goes really low in a lot of startups, and that's mainly due to his age, but he's really productive. And if you need blocks late, he's there for you, and that's Brooke Lopez. Man, Brooke is something else. Actually shot above 50% from the
1: field this year, which was – quite surprising because he used to be a guy that it was like the perfect punt field goal big man while you could still float those blocks a little bit but even this year he was decent in both percentages you know at at 52 percent from the field and 84 percent from the line low volume but still not going to kill you but some really just one out of position guy jeremy grant also fits this criteria somebody you can get in the mid to later rounds, depending on the size of the league and all of that. But the guy I want to talk about at the end, because he was forgotten in the draft we're currently doing. (laughs) And I don't know if it was you. I don't know if it was me, but one of us messed our sheet up and accidentally highlighted him as a draft pick taken when he wasn't. And that is Thomas Bryant who got 25 minutes a game last year when he was, he was actually healthy this year. He, he only played 10 games before he was hurt. But last year, in 25 minutes a game, he had .83s, one block, and was 74% from the line. If he gets a little bit more minutes, he could easily be a one-one-one candidate. And that's, a, that's quite the value for a guy who's 24
2: that you can get sometimes around 100 or even later. Yeah, I really like Thomas Bryant coming into this league. He's a guy that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, mainly because of what Gafford was able to do last year with his his energy that he brought, the blocks, the defensive versatility. But Thomas Bryant is really a good fit for that Wizards team. He can step out and hit some shots. He has the ability to just be a, another weapon, and I think they need a weapon in the front court. You can't just have Westbrook do it all. So I do like Thomas Bryant. I think he's going to get the minutes. He's going to split a little bit more with Gafford, so don't expect 30 minutes from him. But he, like you said, he can, he can do a little bit of everything for you. And that's really valuable for a player that's going outside the top 100, outside the top 150 in some drafts. Exactly right. I'm so confident
1: in what Thomas Bryant can do in extra minutes with being a three-point block and free throw percentage candidate that I'm going to make him our, my bookie bet of the day. If Thomas Bryant gets 27 ish minutes a game next year, he will have a three, a block, and above average free throw percentage per game. That is my bet. If you want to bet with my bookie, it's very simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. But now, Trev, who is your long shot for the threes, blocks, free throw percentage?
2: Yes. So I'm going to go with a player that actually got quality minutes last year due to Cat being injured. And that is Naz Reed. If you look at Naz Reed, this is his second year in the NBA. He did get a slight boost in minutes this year, like I mentioned, mainly because Carl Anthony Towns being injured, but he looked really good when he was in there. A guy that can kind of mimic what Towns does for that offense Obviously, he doesn't have the same ability, but when you have a backup that can kind of do the same sort of things that Towns is able to do, that just helps that offense flow. And he was able to step in there. He averaged a block this year. He averaged .93s, and that was just in 19 minutes. And now his free throw percentage is going to hurt a little bit. He was right around 70%. But I think a guy that can shoot the three as well as he can, and somebody that shot 72% in college, I see him improving that. I see him bumping that above 70% this year, and hopefully as he progresses, he can get a little bit better in that free throw percentage where he isn't a negative. But somebody that doesn't need a lot of minutes to be productive and, and fit this category for you.
1: For sure. Nazri is somebody who's a lot younger than what you think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's under 25 uh, excuse me. He's under 22. Yeah. Just somebody to be watching later in drafts just to see what you can get out of a guy who's only 21. Speaking of a guy in his second year, you know, I'm not going to go through a segment without talking about a pacer. And this is my long shot is my man, Goga Patadze, who did not get a lot of opportunity this year, only 13 minutes a game, which was surprisingly up from last year. And he only had 0.4 threes a game. 1.4 blocks and 74% from the line which it's in line with last year and it's in line with his international stats so he is a good shooter he just needs the minutes to get it and i think this year might be the year that he gets it if the pacers decide to move on from one of the bigs goga will step in and be the backup he showed flashes of being worthy of that last year he's just obviously stuck behind two starting centers so If he gets closer to 20 minutes a game, I can easily see him getting close to a three, definitely a block, maybe even close to two. And then that free throw percentage is just going to hover around 75%. So look for, look for Goga in the,
2: in the 150 range for threes blocks and free throw percentage. Goga is a guy I've never argued about with you because I really like him. I think he, he can definitely step in and be a really productive player in just 20 minutes. I think that's, that's all he needs. Just give the guy, A minimum of 20 minutes. He had 1.4 blocks in 13 minutes. And if you're going to play two bigs, it shouldn't be that hard to get him in there. But I I digress. Let's not talk about that anymore. (laughs) Let's
1: move on to one of my favorite categories and my favorite set of unique stats. And that is assists, steals, and field goal percentage. And you'll know this is my favorite because these are the guys that you need to have for a punt threes and free throw build because you need the assists and steals, but you also need the field goal percentage up. And the poster boys for this, Outside of Kawhi's, your Jimmy's, obviously your Giannis's, is your Ben Simmons and your Drew Holiday.
2: Yeah, this set of stats, that assist deal combo, you can find that throughout the draft pretty easily. Oh, yeah. But that's it's true. that field goal percentage that's so huge. And if you're punting free throw and threes, you need at least two of these. And a lot of times you need all three. So that's why I think this column here, this this set of stats is super important. You mentioned it, Ben Simmons. Drew Holiday, both quality players. They're going to get you all three of those stats. But there's actually a few more players. And I wanted, we didn't talk about this, but I wanted to to see if knew some of your guys. I, I pretty much got these guys straight off your team, it seems like. <laughs> uh, so last year, there were seven players that averaged six assists, one steal, and shot over 50% from the field. Simmons and Drew were two out of those seven. Can you name the other five? McConnell. Yep. You said six assists. Sheesh. Okay.
1: Jokic. Yep. Sabonis. Yep. Those were the two bigs. That's five, right? Correct. Oh, shoot. The 50% is what's getting me because Bam didn't quite have six assists. Nope. He was close. Ah, I feel,
2: I feel like a failure right now. It's all right. It was the Kyrie Irving. Okay. Was one. And then LeBron James was the other one but he just got over a steal this year i was gonna say i honestly didn't think he got a steal but he he just got over and to be fair for everybody chris paul did shoot 49.9 percent this year (laughs) Just, (laughs) just missing the list but it just it really just goes to show how rare it is for guys to get you know even just five assists a steal and still maintain that field goal percentage that's a benefit to you it's really rare you You really need to be looking out for these guys early if you can't get them early. We got some guys here that you can get mid-round and later. First couple guys are pretty obvious, but also kind of underrated, at least in the Dynasty
1: startup mocks. And that's Jamal Murray and DeJounte Murray. I got Jamal Murray at 60 to pair with Luka Doncic. I loved that start and wish that it had just been the real draft instead of the mock draft, because that's as good of a start as you can hope for. A little bit later than that, probably a a full four rounds later if you're in a standard 12 team, is Markel Fultz, who may not have the field goal percentage as high as what we think. Definitely not towards the 50%, but I think the 46-plus percentage field goal for him and the assists and the steals should be there as well. 5.3 assists and 1.3 steals, so That's a really good combination. And then you get into your later round guys who are a little bit older and probably not a priority or a building block, but just good additions. And that's TJ McConnell, like we said, who I think will be back in Indiana. So look for his role to stay about the same, probably less minutes. So not quite as elite as leading the league in steals. Uh, DeLon Wright is a good one as well, who... Seems to have a month stretch of getting thirty minutes a game, and is a like second <laughs> round player in that stretch. And then everybody drafts him where his year long ranking is, and it's just funny.
2: He's always like the ultimate sell high guy, yes, and then buy low, and then buy him back down low. Yep, and exactly. sell him It's The kid. same thing over it's Just and over a process.
1: Years. Yeah. So then our man Thad, because he played for the Pacers, now he's on Chicago. Uh, he will mm-hmm. hurt your free throw percentage, but. Those assists, the steals, and the field goal make it worth it, especially for a guy who you can get easily outside the top 150.
2: Yeah, exactly. I like that. I wish we had traded him, but we don't control the teams. We just control our dynasty teams, and that's why we play. Some long shots, though. You got another pacer here. I I can't believe it. I'm stunned. (laughs) (laughs) It's just its never-ending. This is the last one, though, unless I think of
1: another one for our final category, and that is Edmund Sumner a guy who did not get a lot of minutes to start the season. I actually wrote about him today for hoop ball in the Pacers recap. So if you want to see what I think about his season from a fantasy perspective and you have the fantasy pass, be sure to go check that out. He's just a really good player. It's it's like one of those things where he just does a lot of good things on the court and those things include shooting 50% from the field. Didn't quite get a steal and his assists were more okay than being something above average or elite because he was only at 0.9 assists, which as we're talking about this category is not great, but that was in 16 minutes a game. And I think that he increases that and with the consolidation, I think the paces are due. It increases some ball handling responsibilities. So there's a chance that some there can get you maybe two assists, a steal, and then over 50% from the field. But considering how late he's drafted in most of these dynasty leagues, that's pretty good value for, for what you're, sp- you're investing in him as far as draft capital.
2: Yeah. And that's all you're looking for with these long shots is, is you're hoping some playing time opens up uh, via injury or a trade or, or whatever it may be. And my guy is exactly that. That's what happened to him last year is this team dealt with a lot of injuries and he was able to, to sign on and, and actually played quite well. And that is hold your breath. Juan Toscano Anderson. Oh boy. <laughs> Hear me out here. He, He actually, if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, you already know this. You don't need to hear me talk. But he actually played quite well towards the end of the year for the Warriors. A guy that brought a lot of energy off the bench, really versatile, could do a lot of things for them. And I know the Warriors really value that in their players. And here's just a little stat I want to throw out for everybody. So in the month of May, the final nine games, JTA, he averaged 30 minutes per game. His stat line was eight points, six and a half rebounds, five assists, 1.4 steals on 56% shooting. So, I mean, if you're talking assists, steals and field goal percentage, I think everybody would take five assists, 1.4 steals and 56%. I would like to change
1: my bookie bet
2: of the day to guarantee that does not happen again (laughs) (laughs) at all next season. (laughs) And granted, absolutely. That was on 30 minutes. So you, you absolutely have to take through that into account. If you look at his season stats, he played 21 minutes this year. He averaged 2.8 assists, 0.7 steals, still shot 56% from the floor on really low volume. But regardless, I mean, we're talking a guy that is probably not even owned in a lot of leagues, or if you're in a 30-team league, somebody that you can probably get with your last pick, even in a bigger 30-team league. So if, if you really are stretching and need to find a guy, I really like Juan, Juan Scano Anderson. Now he is 28, so he's, he's not somebody that you're expecting to develop and get better. But he is rather new to the NBA. The Warriors seem to really like him. I think he's going to have a role next year. And you just never know with injuries. He can, he can step in there just like he did last year. So somebody to look out for with, with those really late picks or maybe a pickup if you're needing these specific statistics. I give you a hard time about that, but he's a really interesting player
1: in that he didn't score very much, but he still got five boards and almost three assists. In 21 minutes, like, and without hurting your field goal percentage, that's a really good combination for a guy on a team that needs guys who can just play basketball, because they they're so top heavy in terms of salary that that's a really valuable type of player to have. Speaking of valuable player types our last grouping of unique stat sets. It's not really, when you think about it, it doesn't sound that unique, but then when you start looking for players that fit this criteria, it gets dicey fast. And that is rebounds, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage. So players who have above average in all of those, or at least have the makings of getting to an above average of both of those. The poster boys for this, outside of your elite cat, Jokic, Giannis, well, I'll be honest is terrible. Free throw percentage not a good example, <laughs> but bam out bio. John Collins are the two poster boys for this, but then you get into the mid to late rounds with some of these younger guys and Isaiah Stewart and your boy,
2: Jackson Hayes. They're pretty good from the line. Yeah. They both have shown to have quality shots. We could potentially maybe put them in another category later on as guys who have shown to maybe have some range moving forward from three. But as we mentioned, It can get really dicey, especially when you're when you're looking at both field goal percentage and free throw percentage from bigs and it it can get pretty ugly quick. So to to be able to get guys that if you are not going to punt one or the other and want to go for both, maybe like we've mentioned in the past, you have a punt assist where you need to be pretty solid in both. These are the guys you want to target. And I I do like Isaiah Stewart this year. I really like Jackson Hayes a lot this year. Both really young guys. They're going to get a lot more opportunity this year. Expect them to both be well over 20 minutes. Hayes, I'm hoping Hayes can get 25 minutes per game. I'm hoping we see a a Steven Adams trade at some point this offseason. But who knows? His contract's pretty underwater. But regardless, I think both guys are are going to be in that mid-20 minutes this year. And they're going to do exactly what we want them to do as far as rebound the basketball and not hurt your percentages. Quick shout out to two guys in the middle rounds who fit this
1: criteria, who are a little bit older, so not worth lingering on. But that's Jonas Valanciunas and my guy, Rashawn Holmes. Just solid all the way across the board. But some later round guys, even later than Isaiah Stewart and Jackson Hayes, who are anywhere from 100 to 130, 140. That's Josh Hart and Bobby Portis. Not quite the long shots because we kind of know who they are as players, but Josh Hart can
2: rebound the freaking basketball, man. Josh Hart can rebound the ball a restricted free agent this year. I do think the Pelicans really value him. I definitely see him coming back as a guy off the bench. I've been reading a lot about him lately because I'm intrigued about where he might go. It sounds like the, he's going to be retained by the Pelicans and he, he's actually a guy that's really good in the locker room from what I've, what I've heard kind of a leader of that team, even though he is still somewhat young. Didn't get to see him a whole lot this year. He only played in, what, 45 games, maybe half the games because of a a thumb injury. But in just 28 minutes, he had nine points and eight boards. The only
1: players ahead of Josh Hart in rebounds per game this year that is not a center is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's the only one. He's tied with Luka Doncic with eight a game. That is insane for a guy who played 28.7 minutes a game.
2: He definitely has a knack for the ball. Now he's not a great—he's not great from the floor, because he does shoot quite a bit of threes. So he—he he is, but he isn't going to hurt you too, too bad either. If he can maintain what forty-four percent that he shot this year, and it's kind of
1: low volume, so you know you're not going to yep. completely tanked.
2: Yep, and he's someone a lot of people forgot about because, like we mentioned, he did get injured. But if you need boards, and all you see on your list are bigs that are going to tank your free throw percentage, and he's on there, don't be afraid to snatch him up because he's just as valuable as those bigs if you're needing rebounds. And then a little bit on Bobby Portis, so much younger than you think. I swear Bobby
1: Portis is 32, but apparently he's only 26, having a great postseason with Milwaukee out here, getting about seven boards, 51% from the field, and then 73% from the line isn't great. But again, low volume, just not going to hurt you anywhere. And then actually got 0.8 steals, which is pretty good, but some long shots, some flyers, they're not really surprising because we know what they are and they're pretty valuable players. They actually play on the same team, and that's Ivica Zubac and Serge Ibaka. They're kind of tied at the hip. Ibaka obviously closed the season out not playing, but both of them, they're just solid players that you can get at somewhat of a discount because people forget about them. And So Serge Ibaka, 23 minutes a game, 7 boards, 1.2 blocks, 51% from the field, and 83% from the line just across the board stats for a guy who was only playing 23 minutes a game. And then Zubots obviously is also out here, seven boards, 65% from the field, 79% from the line. So just overall solid, take them in the later rounds, feel fine that you're not going to get destroyed in either percentage. Honestly, they'll probably help your field
2: goal percentage and just be happy with it, with an above average big that, that you got on the cheap. I'm going to go on the, the opposite end of the age spectrum. And my long shot is going to be a player that's been around for a while. And that is Enos Cantor. Now, if you own Enos Cantor last year, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He had a really solid season last year, filled in for Nurkic when he was injured. Even when Nurkic came back, he sp- didn't split. It wasn't 50-50, but I would say it was close to a 60-40 split in terms of minutes and opportunity that he got. Now, he I believe he is a free agent this year, or does he have one more year left on that deal? Regardless, I, I think he's back in Portland. He did really well there. He's perfect off the bench. He can You can insert him in the starting lineup if, if Nurkic is an, an ailment. But he doesn't need a lot of minutes to be really productive. He only had 23.5 minutes last year and had 10 points, 10 boards, 60% from the field, and 77% from the line. So super productive in not too many minutes. Cantor
1: is an unrestricted free agent this summer for a Portland team that is likely to go through, I shouldn't say likely, rumored to go through some changes and, and seem primed for for something. But Cantor, 24 minutes a game, 11 points, 11 boards,
2: 60%, 78%. Like, and He seems like a guy, it doesn't really matter, I guess, where he goes. I did like him in Portland because he has that opportunity if Nurkic gets hurt, which he's done in the past, that Cantor can step in and get bigger minutes. But he's kind of like a like Tristan Thompson. Like he's just gonna get minutes wherever he goes. You know, he's gonna get backup minutes no matter where he's at. That eighteen to twenty some minute range, twenty two minute range. That's all he needs to get eight boards, fifty five sixty percent from the field, and he's gonna shoot seventy five percent from the free throw line as well, and not hurt you there. So somebody you can get really late. Extremely a late. Extre- he's he's
1: twenty nine, which is a lot younger than what you would think, but. Yeah, one of those
2: guys that you can just get and be better at rebounds automatically. Yep, exactly. And not hurt your percentages whatsoever. So a a really nice guy to to have late or or target in a trade as as maybe a throw-in or what have you. For sure. If there's somebody that we missed that fits
1: any of these groupings, any of these criteria, any of these unique stat sets, please send them to us. We want to hear about it because we want to be – putting as many people in these lists as possible. And if you think there's somebody on your specific team that you follow, like I follow the Pacers and you know, of your team's Goga or your team's Sumner or O'Shea and all that stuff, let us know about that too. In the, in the DMS though, don't just post it on Twitter or wherever. Cause we, we got to keep some names to ourselves um, <laughs> and, and avoid telling all the leagues that we're in, all of the people that we're going to be trying to target late as always. Please go check out all of our other stuff at hoop-ball.com. We still have our dynasty rankings posted that will likely be changed soon, especially with guys like Kawhi Leonard being hurt. And then all the feedback you guys are sending in, we're going to take that into account, maybe look a little bit deeper into some players, move them up or down. My Just Right article and the subsequent podcast we did last time is still up. Uh, Had a great time doing that. We're having a guest on. It's a guy that we're really looking forward to talking to. Be on the lookout for that episode. Find me on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. Find Travis at Travis underscore Fuller92. Send us all your questions, all your trades. We didn't really get into a super deep trade today because of the quiet news kind of took over the intro, but we're definitely still looking for trades for a nailbag pod, so send all that to us. Please let us know if you have any other questions about the pod. They might make the intro as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you guys again next time.
0: This has been a HoopBall presentation.